Hello, family and friends. I'm Coke Robinson, mother, wife, and CEO. Question, do you understand how important faith is and how it affects your everyday life, being a parent, spouse, and entrepreneur? This podcast teaches you how to stand on your faith, forgiveness, breaking generational curses, healing, and growing in your spiritual walk into all that God has called you to be. Join me as I invite you to take a journey of healing and staying firm on your faith while being an entrepreneur. Also, I've invited some friends to come along and share their inspirational journeys as well. So, welcome to Heavy on the Faith Podcast. Hello, family and friends. And I have so much stuff to tell y'all. But I really want to jump right into this, but I'm going to take my time and get to it, okay? But, y'all, I've been having so much going on. Uh, my sister passed away. i just been dealing with a lot of family issues, so y'all bear with me. I'm definitely going to make sure to put these episodes out every week, okay? But I just want to jump right into it and talk about... Um, Exodus. So I'm reading my word in Exodus and um, I'm learning about Pharaoh, Moses, Aaron, um, everything, everything that they had going on. Um, I've learned so much from the situation with Pharaoh, you know, seeing how the Lord. Okay, so first, let me say. They don't give Aaron as much credit as they should. Okay. Aaron, they need to give Aaron way more credit because he basically, you know, stepped up to the plate to help Moses when Moses didn't really want to do it. So I feel like they should give him give him his, his credit for that because he stepped up to help Moses. Because Moses was literally like, Lord, you know, you know, why me, Lord? You know, I don't want to do it. You know, have somebody else to do it, basically. And so, you know, Aaron, I mean, uh, the Lord told him, you know, you know, you'll see Aaron, you know, y'all going to do it together. Because clearly you don't want to do it. Because he was making so many excuses, y'all. Like, I, I was kind of disappointed in Moses because he just kept saying, well, Lord, I don't know how to speak like that. I don't know what to do. Like he had all these excuses and God kept telling him like, you know that I, I'm the one who made the mouth, who made a man deaf or mute. Like I, I do, I did that. I can, I know that all I got to do is help you get to this point. You will be able to do it. But he was just giving all these excuses. And, you know, it reminded me so many of so many things in my life. You know, when it's time for us to really do it, we give all these excuses. When it's time for me to really work out, I always give all these excuses to as to why I can't do what I'm supposed to do. And when it's time for me to read my word, it's always an excuse. When it's time to go to church, it's always an excuse as to why we can't do what we're supposed to do. And we got to get out of that mentality. That just cannot be what is going to be going on forever. We got to get out of that mentality. You know, I just feel like excuses is lame now. 
Like, you really got to get up off your behind and do what you're supposed to do. Like, when the Lord tells you to do something or if it's something that you're supposed to do, just do it. Do it without excuses, especially if it's going to benefit you. Because this situation with Moses, it definitely benefited him in, in a lot of ways to be able to be the leader to, to bring the people out of Egypt. He was chosen to do it, and he did not want to do it. It was almost like he went into a kicking and screaming, like, no, 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 I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it like a baby. But listen, that's how we go into a lot of situations in life. We go into it kicking and screaming. No, I don't want to do it, especially when it's time. Like, it's right there. It This is what it is. I'm pretty sure that this man had, man, I'm, I think they lightened it up when they said all the excuses he had. I could just imagine. Cause listen, we live in, in these days and times. If, if Moses was in these days and time, then the Lord told him to do it. Nah, Lord. Nah, I, 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 I don't think I could do that. Lord. Like, could you just imagine all the excuses that he would come up right now? And we, the, the excuses that we make on a daily basis for things that we know we're supposed to do. We make excuses for so many things that we know we're supposed to do. It's time off of that. It's time to reevaluate the things that you're doing in life. It's time to reevaluate who you are and what you really want to do and what you are called here to do, what your purpose is. It's time for you to reevaluate how you look at things. It's no more excuses. Just think if if Moses if if Moses told God you know what, God, I, I really can't do it. And then the Lord said, well, and the Lord was actually angry. He actually yelled at Moses. That was the first time in the beginning of the book. I don't know, because I'm still reading my Bible now. But that was the first time I've seen the Lord angry. He was angry at Moses. Because he did not, he kept coming up with excuses. Like he the man for the job, you the man for the job, but you want to, you want to have all these excuses. He done literally set your life up for you to be, for you to know each side. And, and you got all these excuses. And when I say each side, I mean to say, you know, Moses was a product of Pharaoh's the pharaohs, you know, um, the firstborns, killing the firstborns. And because his mother didn't want to see him killed, she put him in a basket and float him down the Nile River. And, and he became, he got raised um, in in pharaoh's household, basically. So he knew both sides. Y'all seen, um, it's for those of y'all who have not read it, y'all have seen the Prince of Egypt. It They don't give it enough justice. They don't give Aaron enough credit. Granted, he was there. But they don't give him the credit that was due, that the Bible literally tells us that Aaron did. Aaron did a lot more than what was, what they saying, you know. And I'm going to tell you something. Don't always sleep on the person that when you, okay, so listen, I'm going to tell y'all something. And it's, this is, this is real. From my standpoint, Moses has something to do. And Aaron was the person that helped him do what he was supposed to do because he wasn't confident in his in himself. We sometimes 
overlook the helpers, the people who help us on a daily basis. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna go as far as to say in life, like parents. I'm a parent. Okay? And I have kids. And even though I'm working and doing stuff and and I got family, I got a husband, kids, and what we all live in the house together so we got a little baby here or cash he's three and so like everybody helps out and if it wasn't for them helping out I don't know what I would do you know everybody put their part in to make sure the household stands efficiently it runs efficiently so it's just like the people who helping you, you know, you gotta, you gotta show them appreciation. So this is me showing Aaron appreciation because if he didn't do the things he would do, what, 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 what would have happened? Cause I'm pretty sure God would have made him do it anyway, but what would have happened if Moses would have been like, no, nah, I just can't do it. You know what I'm saying? I'm, honestly, I don't even want to think about what he would, what it, what would have happened if he wouldn't have done it. You know, because that was, God told him to do it. He told him to do it. And not only that, you know, I was sitting up here thinking about Pharaoh and all the stuff that he had went through. This man then went through literally, I want to say like five plagues. And see what, what I did not know that I, when I read when I read the book, because I'm still reading, y'all. I'm still in there. I'm still in Exodus. As I'm reading it, I keep coming across this, 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 these words that said, God hardened his heart. It didn't say he hardened his own heart. It said God hardened his heart. And then I kept thinking, like, dang, if God, why, why would God harden his heart? Like, God, if you would have just softened it up a little bit, he would have let the people go. But it this was not just a test for Moses and Aaron and the people. It was also a test truly for Pharaoh because he hardened his heart for a reason to see if he was going to still do what was right to do what he was seeing to do, what the miracles of God said to do. What Moses and Aaron told him that God wanted him to do. He literally, he failed the test. He failed. Because even though, and, and I had to dissect it, because even though his heart was hardened by God, he still had the free free will to to still go the way he wanted to, yes or no. But because his heart was hardened, he was already a hard man. So he already was no, 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 no. But it was just like he was, it was like when all the plagues was happening. This is what kind of bothered me. When the plagues was happening, he kept saying, bless me afterward to Moses. Bless me and stop this. And I, I will. And it was just like, first off, you playing with God and you playing with fire because the little it, it, it took the small stuff. Like when they was just showing him the power of God with the with the, the little things, 
nothing that God does is little, but I'm just saying like the start of it when they was turning the, the staff into a snake, when they was turning the water into blood. First off, if your priest could not even do what they were doing, why would you keep on going with this? I guess I'm a person of sense. I guess I'm a person of that really listens and thinks about things because I would have been like, ain't no way that they just did that without some type of, you know, first off, you get a feeling from people. So if I was in the crowd and I'm seeing Moses and Aaron do these miraculous things and I know these priests can't do it and these men is talking with sense, they sound like they got good hearts. They sound like good men on a task to get things done to free these people. There's nothing wrong with that. And for them to do the miraculous things that they did, and this man still did not break, that taught me a lot. And let's jump into life itself. Now, mind you, his heart was hardened and, and it also, it, that taught me something because in life, when you talking to people and you dealing with people on a daily basis, um, just say for instance, some, somebody into it with their kids or they mad at their child about something and they like, I don't want to talk to them. I ain't going to deal with them. I'm, I'm cutting them off. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And they upset and angry. They in their feelings. And, and they might've been in their feelings for days about it. Okay. And you try to tell them, you know, don't be like that. It's, it's not like that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And you should pray about this and pray about that. And they study saying, nope, I'm going to I'm be how I'm going to be. I'm going to do it how I'm going to do it. Let them be. Because if God hardened his heart, if God hardened Pharaoh's heart, and nobody could get through, what makes you think? that you're going to constantly keep doing what you're doing for your words to get through. And they still going to say, no, it's not going to get through. You have to just leave it alone and let God deal with it because this is not your battle unless the Lord makes it your battle. And a lot of the time our words fall on deaf ears and hardened hearts. If they hard hard and leave it alone, it's only so much that you can say to a person. I'm pretty sure their ears work when you said what you said the first time. So it's no need to put, keep putting yourself out there like that and keep making it worse around yourself, hurting yourself even more. It's not worth it. If you say it one time, be done with it. You don't need to repeat yourself. Because if it was on your heart to say and you said it, be done with it. You don't need to go no further. Put it in the Lord's hands. Put them in the Lord's hands. Because at the end of the day, you have done all that you can do. Let the Lord handle it from there. Unless he tells you otherwise. Now, me, my lesson. Now, like I told y'all, my sister passed away. I had a couple of lessons this week. First lesson was life is too short. See, I had people in my life who passed away that were older than me. My grandmother, my grandmother's best friend, my aunt, 
my aunt was a couple of years older than me. It wasn't a big gap distance between us, but they were older than me. And I just kept thinking like, okay, well, they, well, they lived their lives, the lives that however long the Lord wanted them to live. But my sister that passed that got killed in a car crash and she was 26 years old. 26 years old life is too short for me you know I, I that it, it, it didn't hit me like it was supposed to hit me because I kept thinking I know she gonna get up she young she vibrant she a good person she got a head on right she got her life right with Christ she got saved. She 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 got she getting it together. Like the Lord, I know He gonna give her this chance. I know that she gonna pull through. And I kept thinking to myself, like I know she's gonna pull through. I know she got this. She gonna do it. She got it. And it it hurt me so bad when we had her her uh, donor walk with she because she was a, a, a organ donor. And when we had the walk, it hit me like a ton of bricks because I didn't cry. Okay, so when I first found out, I actually found out, and I hate to say this, I actually found out on Facebook because people were sharing, like, prayers for Maisha, prayers for Maisha, and it, and, it, and it bothered me. I hurried up, called my brother. What is going on? What, what's going on with this? What's what? Told me I got up to the hospital. I was there literally every day. I probably missed one day. I was there every day. Just coming up there, riding through, sitting there with the family. But being there, I knew she was going to wake up. I even went to go see her a couple of times. And I'm like, I know she's going to get up. I'm just talking to her about she's going to get up. When you get up, I know you're going to get these nails done, girl. When you get up, I know you gonna, you got a lot of stuff that you got to do. You know, I'm just talking to her like, like I know. I'm talking like I know she's going to get up and get this stuff done come up out of this ish and she lay there like she was she was fighting she definitely put up a fight do you hear me but it didn't hit me and i didn't cry in the hospital i didn't cry up there i cried when we had her organ walk when we when she was her donor walk It hit me like a ton of bricks that is she's not coming back. She's not going to pull through. And not once did, was I mad at God because I learned from my grandmother that her death taught me so much. That the Lord giveth and he taketh away. But he was God. She was God's before she was mine's. My grandmother. She belonged to him, not me. I was just borrowing her for a, a, a time period. I got to experience her life for a time period. I got to experience my sister life for a time period. Spending time with them and, and, and interacting with them and laughing with them. And I have the best memories of them, so I'm okay with that. I hate that her life is gone. But she's in God's hands. He, she was his first. You know, and 
I think about it, the more I think about it and her life being gone so shortly, you know, like I said, I cried on her walk because she was, they was finna dish out them organs. It was over. I cried because I was going to miss it because it hit me that she's not going to return to this life. It's over. I miss her smile. I could hear her laugh. I could see her big smile. I could hear all the little words she used to say. and <laughs> I miss her. But I got these memories that I'm holding on to because it's her. I don't need to watch a video to see her smile. I don't need to hear something to hear her voice. I can, I, I already got it stuck in my head. I got my granny's voice stuck in my head. I got my, uh, my granny's best friend, Terry voice stuck in my head. Terry been knowing me all my life. I got my auntie voice stuck in my head. I can hear, I can see them all smiling and laughing and I'm happy that I know that they in a better place. But losing Maisha was different because Maisha taught me that life too short and, and, and reading Exodus to connect it all. Maisha taught me that life is too short and Pharaoh taught me that people heart is going to be hardened. So ain't no need for you to keep repeating yourself, going through stress, leave it alone, be done with it. Quit holding grudges. Quit holding on to things that you can't let go of. That you can't let go of. Let it go. Let them people go. Let that friend go. Let that family member go. Let that man go. Let that woman go. Let them go. Because what are you holding on to them for? They not yours. They belong to God. The situation, it belongs to God. Give it to God. Why are you holding on to it? Why are you making this about you? And it's not about you. It's about God. Why are you making it about you? I can't, I couldn't hold on to my sister. I couldn't hold on to my granny. Cause God needed them. Not me. God needed them. He, he had them before me. So in situations in life, people going to do what they want to do. If a person tell you they done with you, oh, tell them, okay, be done. Because life too short to argue and fuss and fight to try to hold on to something that's not even yours in the first place. Pharaoh held on to them people. He could have been let them go. Egypt probably would have been in a better, in a better place right now. Had he let them go. Because he still had free will. This is the thing. His heart was hardened, but he still had free will. He had the option to let them go. Hard heart, soft heart, or what? He still could have let them go. You have a choice. You have free will to let it go, to be done with it. But it's you. It's, it's this worldly stuff in you. It's your, it's your flesh in you holding on to stuff that you can't let go of. When I learned that lesson, I had to, I got this necklace with my grandmother's ashes in it. And I was so scared to take it off. Cause ever since she passed away and I got the necklace, I put it on. I, I wouldn't take it off. 
I showered in it. I did every everything in that necklace. I would not take it off. I was so scared to take it off because I was like, I gotta have my grandma close to my heart. Material attachment. I took it off. I ain't. I ain't die. I ain't pass out. I ain't none of that. I. You got to learn to let stuff go. I used to freak out. Listen, my husband bought me some earrings. When we, a little bit, way before we got married, a little bit before we got married, he bought me some earrings for my birthday, around my birthday, my uh, birthstone. I love these earrings. I put them in, I never took them out. I was like, I was so scared I was going to lose them. I'm like, what if I, what if I snag them on a pillow and they come out and I'm going to freak out if I lose them? I, I'm talking about craziness madness i was like i gotta get the ones that screw back i wish she was screw backs like i did not want to lose these earrings but i really wanted to wear them because he bought them for me so i wanted to show him that i appreciate it and so i was so scared to lose the earrings but just recently i didn't lose those earrings but just recently i lost a pair of earring uh one of the earrings that i had in my ear and i'm telling you because i i understand that I get so attached to material things and I get so attached to people. I'm learning to just let go. So I didn't even freak out. I literally stopped myself. Like, listen, when I listen at this point, just let it go. It will come to you. You will find it just doing what you regularly do. You're going to come right to it. If it's lost, you're going to find it. You're going to bump right into it. Like staring you in the face. The earring had been gone for like a good five days. I get up out of my sleep one morning. I had opened up the window next to my bed and I looked down and there was the earring right there underneath the window on the ground. I'm like, now how did this earring get here? I just picked it up, put it on my nightstand. I said, I'll put it in later. I'm not worried about it. To, to me, that, I mean, to you all, that may seem like it's nothing, but to me, that's growth. My father, I haven't spoken to my father, y'all, in so many years. So many years. My father, me and my father, we haven't had a great relationship. It was always something. Somebody, it was, I'm going to tell you something. It was never something I said from my mouth to his ears, face to face. And it wasn't never something said from his mouth to, I mean, no, from just, it wasn't nothing that I said and did in front of him and outside of him. If he wasn't there, it was, he say, she say that broke me and my father relationship because people decided to do the most. People decided to say things and do things and lie. But guess what? At the end of the day, that does not that does not bother me at all. That does not make me feel any type of way because it did it then and it won't now because I've been let that go. First off, I'm I'm a woman. Women need their fathers. Girls need their fathers. I had to go through months of therapy to get 
that out of my system and it affected me so bad to where I was using what me and my father went through to stay in toxic relationships with men. It broke me. Now, like I said, my sister passed away, so I had to see my father. My sister knew about our situation. Every All the siblings knew. And just for me to be in a room, my sister told me, because she knew about the situation, and she was always like, you know, I understand what you're going through, and I understand that you hurt and whatever, and da-da-da. But she was like, I'm going to be the one to get y'all in a room together. And I'm like, no, you're not. Soon as she got into that car crash, and it was just like everybody was, I don't even know how it wound up everybody leaving the room. When I went to go visit my sister in the hospital, it was me, her, and my father. I haven't talked to this man in years. Years. Got, had to been like, had, I want to say dang near, dang near eight, no? Yeah, about eight years. Eight years, eight or nine years, haven't talked to this man. I walked in the hospital room. Hey, dad. Held my sister's hand and focused on her because my whole reason for being there, even though I did not want to be there on the strength of on the strength of my father, me and his relationship, because I didn't want him to feel uncomfortable because I right, I'm I'm comfortable with my skin. I've been let it go. But I wanted to be there for my sister to support her, to talk to her, to try to pull her through, to let her know, hey, one of your big sisters is here. I'm here. I'm waiting on you. You always been loyal. You always been good to me. You always been my baby, my sister. I ain't no way I would not be here for you. I'm here. Wake up. It's a lot of things, things in my life that I, I got hit with this week. And it all added up to this Bible. It all added up to Exodus. Maisha being gone too soon taught me so much. Taught me to live life to the fullest. Live every day like it's your last day. Be grateful. That you even get to get up in the morning to see your family, to see your friends, to go to work, to praise him, to talk to him. Be thankful, grateful, and blessed. Because I don't know what, where I would be right now if I hadn't experienced my grandmother, my aunt's death first, my grandmother's death, my grandmother's best friend terry's death and my sister's death all those taught me a lesson but maisha's definitely hit me different because she had yet to live her life she she ain't she didn't even get to travel yet i had just came off of vacation saturday and Sunday, I had to go to the hospital because she had gotten into a car accident. She just invited me to church. She just was telling me about how she got saved, how she got Asia saved, our little sister. And it was just like, 
And then the crazy part is she she was going to my church when I was on vacation. I'm happy that she did. I'm happy that she was there, that she was able to get what she needed. I'm happy she did that. It blessed me to know that she gave her life to Christ before this even happened. Less than four weeks ago. Less than four weeks ago. It blessed me to know that. I wish I could have got to see it because I wasn't there. I'm so happy that she got to do that. And I'm so happy that she taught me this lesson because me and my me and all of the sisters, Maisha, if you listening, we we definitely turned up for you. <laughs> We did all the things that you would do, had a ball. We definitely miss you. We definitely miss you. Everybody misses you. Jesse misses you. Xavier misses you. Sierra misses you. Mom misses you. Dad misses you. Everybody misses you. Monty misses you. Sonny. Debo, Hunter, everybody misses you. Mahogany, Samal, everybody misses you. Squish, Marta, everybody misses you. Jody, Dro, everybody misses you. You have so much luck. Grandma, <laughs> everybody misses you. We definitely love you. You definitely left the mark. And you definitely taught us all something. And if anybody didn't understand the lesson that she taught us, was you better live your life to the fullest. You only get one life. You don't get a do-over. You only get one life. Only one time. Let go of the things that's holding you from doing what you need to do, what God needs you to do your purpose let go of these worldly things and if people want to be let go of let go of them too it's not your job to fight the lord's supposed to fight your battles the lord's supposed to fight for you it's not your job to keep fighting everybody for trying to hold on to things and people and all of that no I used to fight for everything in my life, man. I'm talking about everything. My, the love that I have for people, how I wanted to, if I wanted to be with somebody, I would fight for them. I even hear people bragging about that. Like I fight for love. I see it in movies. It's listen, that's not realistic. Then if anything happened to them or happened to you, then it's it's over. You lose a piece of yourself because you held on to them so tight. You done lost some of yourself holding on to them. I remember I used to fall into depressions. Oh, depressions. To the point I couldn't even get out of bed. I was so depressed. I was, I was nauseated, sick, crying angry happy sad i'm talking about a, a slew of emotions and right back to sleeping 
tired and miserable holding on to folks that didn't want to be held on to. And if I knew then what I knew now, honey, let me tell you something. Life would be totally different. But I had to learn this lesson this way. And so I'm telling you from experience, from the experience of things that I have went through, what everything that I've done, let them go. Let them people go. Let them problems go. Let it go. Let that anger go. Let that depression go. Because it's only you holding on to it. It's your flesh holding on to it. It's your, your spirit holding on to it. Let it go. Let it go. And live your life. You only got one. It's not too late. You can do that today. It's not too late. You only get one life. Let it go. It's not worth it. God said he'll fight your battles for you. God said he'll handle it. God said put it in his hands. He said if you pray, don't worry. And if you worry, don't pray. He got it. He made you. He made them. Let it go. You can do it. You can start fresh in a new life, a new mindset, knowing that I can't hold on to these things. Because it's weighing you down. It's hurting you. It's, it's grabbing on to you so tough, whatever it may be. I want you to sit down and really think about what's hold, what what are you holding on to that you need to let go of? What's blocking you from receiving your blessing? What's blocking you from getting whatever whatever wherever you got to get to? What's holding you back? The problem is holding you back. The problem is that you won't let go. You got to let go. Let it, let them people go. Let that hurt go. It's not worth it. You know, I wake up. I'm sleeping better now. I feel better when I get up in the morning. Because I don't let so many things go on in my life. I'm like, I'm not holding on to that. And I addressed everybody that felt like they had a whole, I still got, and I don't, you, you don't need to address them either. But people that was close to me, I had to let them know, hey, this can't go on no more. If you want to leave, leave. If you don't want to be my friend, don't be my friend. If whatever you feel like you need to do in your heart, I'm behind you 100%. Even if you think it'll hurt me. But guess what? God got me. It's going to sting a little bit, but I'll be okay. He got me. He got you too. But I'm not going to hold on no longer. I'm done. Life too short. 
I want to be able to live a blessed, successful life just like I know you want to too. So guess what? I got to let you go. And if you got to let me go, let me go. <laughs> I'm fine with that. No hard feelings here. Because we both love God. Of course, whatever it is, I know you want the best for me and I want the best for you. So at the end of the day, it is what it is. It is. And I got I gotta read something from y'all. One second. Gotta let them go. something to y'all it's a prayer mm -hmm. and this prayer is called to be free from bondage father I'm praying for whoever y'all praying for them, y'all, I'm praying for y'all, and others in my circle of family and friends who are caught in some kind of bondage. Raise up others who are willing to pray for them as you raise up the church to pray for Peter in prison because the mental and spiritual change seem just as real. May we be earnest in prayer and not give up until there is light in the darkness until the chains fall away and they're set free. Acts 12, 5 through 10. Grant them repentance, a desire to change in your strength. Help them come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has set them captive to do his will. May no weapon formed against them prevail. 2 Timothy 2 and 26 and Isaiah 54 and 17. If any of them have been caught like birds in a hunter's snare, break the snare so they can escape. May they realize that their help is in you and your name. Teach them to call on your name as their deliverer, defender, protector for help in their shield. May they be confident that you will be their fortress and refuge. Psalms 12, uh, Psalms 124 and 7 through 8. Proverbs 23 and 11. Psalms 41 and 2. May the Lord Jesus set them free from every prison and release them from any darkness that surrounds them. Isaiah 42 and 7. Set them free, even from prisons of their own making. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I'm going to leave y'all with that. I love y'all, and I hope that y'all take this day and make it your first day 
where you are released from bondage of holding on to things. I love you and God bless. Thank you all for tuning in to Heavy on the Faith podcast. Please follow the show on Instagram and use the hashtag Heavy on the Faith pod whenever you discuss the show, because I definitely want to hear your thoughts and opinions. Don't forget to follow and also share the show with your family and friends. Until next time, stay heavy.